Hi, Tim. Hi, Ryan. Hey. 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 What's, what's going on? I don't know. What's going on with you? Oh, just recording a podcast here, man. Who? Is that what we call it? How exciting. Podcast. We're casting yeah. our pod. We name. are pod people now. <laughs> Just the name stuck. Anyways, um, yes. Hello, Tim, and hello, everyone. If you didn't know already, if you want to know again, this is Dismembering Horror, the podcast shoe, where myself, <laughs> Ryan McDuffie, and myself, Tim Aslan. That's right. We, we watch a horror film and talk about it. We talk about what worked what did not work for us, and anything else we specifically, that's right, us, we, Tim and Ryan, found interesting or noteworthy about a horror film. Even though it's funny where we record these two weeks ahead of time, so it's still October for us, even though October's long over for you. We had a great time covering our Scream movies. We are... Less than a week away here from an election, we are all very curious about how it will turn out and what the state of the world will be. Curious. So just a little <laughs> just a little context for we are different in a different time and place, very much so recording this right now. So hello from two weeks ago if you're listening to this fresh. Hope you're doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. By the time you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> The world may completely have changed. We don't know. We'll see. Well, I hope to still have horror movies, Tim, including uh, ones. Hey, look, almost no matter what, life will be a horror film after the election. <laughs> I don't want to sound so doom and gloom. There's a lot of just anticipation and suspense, but like <laughs> when I say we don't know what's going to happen, I really mean just that. Maybe it'll be like the end of, you know, one of those fantasy films where, you know, the land had been all decayed and like dark or like whatever. And then after the election, you know, the color starts to spring forth and like grow and like everything becomes saturated with beauty and flowers and lushness again and covers the land. Great. I'm not going to ask for a citation on that. I'm just going to say, let's wait for it, Tim. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm looking forward to walking the field of, of yellow daisies with you. Mm. Um, speaking of timelines and dimensions, this week's film was <laughs> Good a, one. Su a submission, <laughs> a submission to us. Uh, well, it's, it was mirrors from 2008. That's why, that's why I say the alternate places. Um, connection, but it was a submission to us from none other than our friend Zach Brown. Zach, thank you for sending us on this trip to Mirrors. We hope you're here. We hope you enjoyed <laughs> revisiting the film with us. We're gonna break yeah, it Zach. down. Yeah, <laughs> we're Thanks. gonna we're gonna break it down in a way you never <laughs> imagined. Whenever you first saw this, close to 2008. Uh, but here we are. 
nonetheless, 12 years I later. I encourage Zach to go watch this again. If Yes, if you haven't, again, hey, this is, get on board. <laughs> join, join us in spirit in the mirror dimension. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Tim, any other uh, orders of business you have here? I went to the... Um... The so the, you know the Hollywood Hayride or L.A. Haunted L.A. Whatever I forget the Haunted actual. Hayride, Haunted Hayride. There you go. They put on a thing every year, and obviously they couldn't this year do the traditional version of it. But I found that they had adjusted, and they did a basically a drive-in version of the Hayride. And so what you do is you 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 know you they. It, it was further away. They had to find a new location to do this, but which is cool because it's kind of weird and remote. So you drive in and you go through like, you know, you're in a line of cars and you go through. They've set up a whole little like set of different areas and cool, you know, prop stuff and build like little mini buildings. It's really cool. And then you pull up, you get to the actual site, you pull up and you put in rows and there's like a drive in theater sort of you know screen and they they have this whole thing already pre-recorded that's like got a host and like music (laughs) and then they have like maybe four or five short horror films that they show um and all the while you're sitting in your car watching this they have costumed you know people running around and like jumping out at you like while you're in your car so it's pretty fun it's a good alternative um what i thought was interesting though is that the short films that they chose were all from crypt tv Mm. which you have an whatever association with right right our film the chabo which we shot at your house and is kind of how we know each other Mm -hmm. uh is on available on Crypt TV. Yeah, so it was cool. Cool. It was fun. That's it. That's what I've been up to. <laughs> Great. And horror related this time, not just a general injury or whatever <laughs> right. your latest happening is. <laughs> I really tried to layer it in there, you know, tie it all together. Good. I like it. Well, Tim, I'm sure we got a lot to say about <laughs> Mirrors from 2008. So should we watch the trailer and then get into oh. it? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Here we go. From 2008, like I just said, mirrors. Anybody here? Hello? I need you to run a name for me. Night Watchman, and I replaced him. <laughs> I just need to know how he died. What are you talking about? I'm seeing things. Bad things. I'm not acting scared, but he is. What are you doing? Nothing. I'm not the one looking into the mirrors, but. They're looking back at me. Hmm? There's no hmm? looking back at you hmm? through the mirror. <laughs> Ryan. 
<laughs> Watch out, Tim. The mirrors are going to get you. I hope you slept okay after this movie, Tim. Actually, you know what? I had I had pretty bad dreams. <gasps> mirror dreams? They weren't mirror related, but they were definitely kind of... There was a ghosty sort of uh, vibe happening in my dreams. It was kind of fun, actually. And did you find yourself uh, much like Kiefer? Oh, I was so Kiefered up. Cool. Mirrors. Did you say mirrors? <laughs> um, mirrors. Mirrors, 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 mirrors. How many times are we going to say the word mirrors today and mirrors? How many times did we have to listen to the wife say Michael? <laughs> her son's name oh right, i should right. have counted it there was a section where she <laughs> she probably said it 30 fucking times <laughs> i don't remember oh uh, dude i was like it was just like stabbing into my brain every time she said it like a anyway. shard of mirror yep great well tim mm -hmm. um we got to start with rating it so per our rating system would you tell yourself tim to stream it or sorry, avoid it, stream it, rent it, or buy it. I'm happy mm, to go you, first, too. You know, I did not like this movie. But it's not... It, it's fine. It's, it's okay. <laughs> the reasons I didn't like it were mostly because I was like, oh, shit, like, the, the, the construct or, like, the sort of... Yeah, the construct of the story is so, like, uh, full of potential. And it and it just does a different thing than what I think would, would be, would make a really, really good movie. Would make a really good story based on the, the sort of the givens of, of the premise of this. And so I spent a lot of the movie just kind of being like, well... A lot of it thinking they were going to go in a direction that I thought would be cool. And then when they didn't, it's like, I was like, well, that's lame. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, <clears throat> I don't know what a good analogy would be, but they just miss, they just kept missing opportunities in my mind. So, so that yeah. hurts it. It makes it like, it almost makes it an avoid for me because of that, because I was like, fuck, missed, missed opportunity. Uh, but I guess I'll, I, I just rent. It's it's rentable, not streamable. Rentable. I'm really? sorry. It's streamable. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's streamable. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't pay money for it because it it really falls short of what it could be. Though we did have to pay money for it because it is not available <laughs> on stream. <laughs> it's not available just to stream. You got to rent it for four bucks from your favorite. Um, yeah, yeah, rental. that's a good metric. Actually, I'm annoyed that I had to pay four dollars for this because if it was streamable, I'd be like, yeah. I I honestly don't regret paying the four dollars. <laughs> I would have loved to have been in a different circumstance watching it where I really wouldn't regret it, like being with friends and drugs, neither of which I was with mm -hmm. while watching this film. Mm -hmm. um, but you know what? Like, w I, I see what you mean, like with uh, the premise and the setup. Yeah, yeah, it's hard not to just start imagining what else it could be and wanting that. But from the get-go, this movie just so wasn't that, that it was... <laughs> I, I was That's not I was not in that state when watching it. I'm like, this is just the the most stereotypical mm -hmm. um aughts 
film, it, horror, it's horror so, film. It's so crazy now that we're removed from that time that we can identify this style and this sort of genre. Or is genre the right word? Sub, sub just, genre. It's the, yeah. yeah. It's no. crazy how distinct this it, it this era was. So, and you know what's funny is that it's all ten, over 10 years ago now is I felt a pretty big sense of nostalgia for that era to watching this. I'm like I as, did in certain respects too, yeah. As as kind of overall crappy and as much as I hate the style <laughs> n- nowadays there's almost something kind of comforting about it and it like it is truly Shot like on film. Yeah, ch- uh, well just cheesy popcorn fare in the kind of yeah. way. Um yeah. But to kind of I okay, so for as far as my rating goes, like even though I didn't regret the rent, I feel like this is just such a stream it movie in a good way that I just want to give it the highest possible stream it I can. Right. <laughs> and kind of a, again to summarize like maybe my in-review summary, as much, you know, mispotential as you're saying there could be for the story, I was just so not there because I was so like this movie is so far from what could be a like quote unquote good movie. Um, but the thing I realized, my sort of realization with these, you know, Movies, I, I'm not, I don't default to loving the style or it is hokey or crappy or whatever. Uh, they, they often do a really good job at something I admire, which is fulfilling in, you know, I like to use the phrase, pursuing potent possibilities. What can you do in only this movie? So what I'm saying, I'm like, okay, horror movie mirrors. How do you, how do you make a whole <laughs> horror movie that's like a feature film? It's 150 freaking minutes. Or sorry, yeah. an, hour, an hour 50 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be really long. Oh, God. Um, it felt like 150 yeah, minutes right? to me, I'll tell but, you. But either way, I mean, like, how do you do just keep doing mirrors, you know? And the thing is, like, as far as even if they don't get there in the stylistic way that I liked or if they don't get there in the like legitimate creepy way that I liked as far as just sort of things to happen, horror moments to happen. They, they do it in a way that I, I admire and surprised with maybe just because it's sometimes difficult for me to arrive at those specifics, even though like if I do care more about in the end is, you know, or what will sell me on a film more is the style, yada, yada, and how it's executed. But you get what I'm saying. Well, we'll Boy, list do it. I. We'll list it in soon enough here and what worked for us as far as <laughs> all the mere things they do. Yeah. Um, but after our rating, Tim, we got our summary. I've been looking forward to hearing you give a summary all morning. So would you regale us? <laughs> okay, let me crack some knuckles here. Ugh. All right, we got Kiefer. This is a Kiefer special. Uh, so on the heels of a, uh, a a tragic accidental kill, uh, killing while on the job as a police officer in New York city, Kiefer Sutherland is now suspended from the police force indefinitely, uh, because he's got a little bit of a drinking problem. And that was part of why he, uh, discharged his weapon. 
And as we see in true Kiefer style, a little uh, little anger issues too, or kind of immediate <laughs> right. and hot headed in a, right. our favorite right. way. He basically is zero to a billion at any given moment. He's basically Jack Bauer still. Yeah. Oh, he's a hundred percent Jack Bauer. <laughs> yeah. We should have just led with that. Jack <gasps> Bauer has some yeah. issues with mirrors. Jack Bauer gets released <laughs> from the fort from CTU finally and <laughs> has to become a security guard where there are haunted mirrors. Yeah. That's they're... right. So, so in an attempt to kind of turn his life around and get back on the force and get back in the good graces of his estranged wife and his two kids. He takes this security job at a um, former uh, department store that is, is, has fallen oh. into disrepair. Well, Prior to that, it was yeah. a hospital. And it's this grandiose building in, in Manhattan, and it's, it's very run down, but it's really cool inside. Lots of mannequins and shit. And, uh, but it's creepy and lots of mirrors, and we get um, <clears throat> a very on-the-nose exposition walking scene as we walk through the halls of this mirrored, burnt department store. He gets his little tour from the other security guy. And, um, you know, eh, what, 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 I don't know, what else? Let's see. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Tim, we've, we've hardly scratched the first two minutes. Come on. I know. <laughs> what happens in this movie? What's this movie about? So, um, I don't know. What happens well, next? Oh, no, the, not what happens next. How about just what is going on in the film? What are the, what's the deal behind the mirrors? Yeah, what is the deal behind so the So there's a demon. Yeah, to cut to the chase, there's a there's <laughs> there's a demon that lives on the other side of the mirrors. It seems like there's also souls that are trapped on the other side of the mirrors potentially. And Kiefer start Jack, excuse me, Jack Bauer starts getting haunted by these things and he's seen you know, he's seen stuff in the mirror and then he turns around and it's not there in real life. But it escalates to the point of, like, it's actually affecting him. You know, at one point, he gets lit on fire in the mirror, and he really feels like he's on fire, and then he's not. Um, now, things really get going when he tells his sister what's going on, and she says, you should quit that job. And she then gets mirrored. She and gets mirrored. And in so a real intense way. So we have at the opening, a security guard gets mirrored. Kiefer, uh, Jack Bauer's sister gets mirrored. And then so now he learns the threat of his estranged wife and kids, the threat of getting mirrored. Because what's happening is that there's this demon that was trapped in the mirrors after a possessed woman, woman was... Um, she was committed to the the hospital that was previously that building. Right. And they tr quote unquote treated her by putting her in a psychomantium, which is a. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, me too. Um, basically, so the demon inside of her got trapped in the mirror dimension and has since been sort of sourced in the mirrors in this hospital and is trying to get back to. Uh, what is the woman's name? Um, Anna, Anna Essaker. Essaker. 
<laughs> um, right. Is trying to find Anna Essaker again. So he's trying to find her by demanding whoever shows up as a security guard there helps her, uh, helps the demon, her, I called her her, whatever it is, helps. Um, yeah. Trying to get, yeah, elicit help from the, solicit help from the security guards, whoever it may be, in this case, Jack Bauer, to help track down Anna Essaker. And if you fail, if you, you know, don't, if you take too long and don't find her, the mirror demon kills you or has, makes you kill yourself. Like it'll kill all of the people you love to motivate you. And then ultimately it'll just kill you because it's tired of your bullshit. And it needs a new security guard. <laughs> yeah. Great, so it's, great, yeah, great. It's just making its way through security guards until it finds somebody as, as, you know, capable as Jack Bauer to, to, accomplish what it needs as capable and as headstrong and willing as jack bauer <laughs> great yeah. all right well let's move on tim and really get into to what worked for us in our first section you ready oh god yeah. could could i be any more ready great <laughs> our first section aptly titled what worked what worked what worked for you what worked for you <laughs> <laughs> Work like a charm, Smith. <laughs> what worked? What worked for you? So, Tim, when you sit down and go, all right, mere horror movie. <laughs> they come up with all this. They, they, they do it. They give you everything you could think of and then more as far as moments. I'm curious. We'll get into, I'm sure, and what did not work as far as your take on this premise. But as far as again, just things that happen in the way that a lot of these early or these these aughts, the jump scare horror movies can only do, we got mirrors moving by themselves. We got the reflections taking on their own persona and killing the person in the reflection. We have mm -hmm. handprints going up and down all over the mirrors. We get the creepy distorted reflection of faces. We get hands getting sliced on a mirror. We get destroying mirrors in a fit of Jack Bauer fury and them repairing themselves. We get the mirror room, which is a real life thing, the psychomantium. We have a whole set piece of house, of a house getting, you know, of covering up mirrors with paint and newspaper, but then that house getting flooded as to start more reflections. We have a gag with the objects and mirror maybe closer than they appear on the on the side mirror. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure there's more I'm missing. Uh, rear view. We get the rear view mirror. Classic right. rear view mirror Things shot. Appearing in the rear view mirror. Um, and then to get to the big ending twist, we have getting trapped in a mirror dimension. So, so quite a lot to do with uh, mirror. They did it, Tim, is all I wanted to say, which worked for me. <laughs> I'm like, I sat down and going, how are you going to make a horror movie all about mirrors? And I go, oh, that's, I guess that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They did all the things. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's definitely true. Like, they kind of made the most of the the possibilities with mirrors. So, yeah, I appreciate that. They you get some mirrors shattering at the end. That's very oh, yeah. exciting, like blowing up, blowing up mirrors. Something that I thought they were definitely going to do, but I was so so this is they didn't do it. 
and that is what worked for me, is that name that he had to hunt down being written in the mirror, Essaker. From the moment it happens, I read it in reverse, thinking, oh, it's going to be that stupid twist where he, you know, he only finds the name because they don't find it at first and he named Esker, where they just, it's, it would have been Reca, which I, <laughs> I, try, I kept trying to say it in my name backwards. It sounded, yeah, it sounded just as weird to me as Essaker, so I didn't know what to do. Anyway, it ends up actually being Essaker. So just to say, even though you're, ex- I, I was so expecting them to do the mere thing of having some sort of, you know, Red Drum-like moment, I was yeah. just so happy they didn't do that. But they had other fun, like, I thought, you know, the the procedural detecting business stuff where there was, yeah. there was the one that I really, really liked was when he... um he's seeing the the photo of the crime scene of the first security guard who died he's he's replacing who like you know the reflection cut his throat so then his throat just cut but Kiefer sorry Jack Bauer sees that um there's blood in the reflection on the on the shard of glass in the, the crime of, scene photos yeah and yeah, the crime scene photo but in in the reflection the mirror that the body's in front of but in actuality there is no blood on the shard of correct mirror. So that was cool. And then just the fun stuff of like tracking down the Anna Essaker to the, 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 you know, the, the house and the boonies to the church. All yep, that was fun. Yep. We had to leave the, uh, the haunted place. You know, we had needed a little change of scenery. Yeah. 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 And then, I mean, so as far as, yeah, just getting away all the other, the big things that worked for me. So the mere horror things and then, of course, Kiefer Sutherland. I know I think I've heard you say before you're not the biggest Kiefer fan, Tim. Is that true? I mean, I think, you know, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan. I don't know, even know how to put it. He, he, I don't, I don't like dislike him. I just am not, I, I never feel like I'm watching a real person with him. Like, I always feel like it's a guy acting like somebody who's really upset i think that's the curse of someone who is like kiefer and who plays characters who are like kiefer in real life where if you can get if you i don't know i see him (laughs) enough as his his on-screen persona as his real life persona and know people like that in real life and how i put it is someone who's just kind of like always at 11 in a way yeah, like it strikes me like if I, I just and look, I don't know that this is true, but he strikes me as the type of actor that when you say, OK, let's talk about <laughs> what's going on in this scene and like figure out where we want to go. He goes. Fuck off. I'm just going <laughs> to do what I do. <laughs> and you're kind of like, oh, uh, I don't know. Right. I I think uh, I think that's his character, but whatever his acting thing i don't know it, it's he's consistent in his motivation and it seems true to the characters he plays and to, yeah. to 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 get at what i'm talking about he reminds me of the kind of archetype i've used the example before of hopper from stranger things um the main guy from dead and buried remember i compared him <laughs> that <laughs> yes. that guy to hopper totally yeah and also just kind of matthew lillard's characters you know were always again turned up to 11 yeah, where, yeah, that's a good. Those are it, you're right that it, it is an archetype for sure. Where it's 
and what they do, and it's something that like what what's kind of fun to watch, especially in a procedural type situation. A lot of times they are, I think, you know, cops. Like I mentioned those examples, and this example, or is they were their approach, and this is just the Jack Bauer thing too. Their approach is to always like shoot first, ask questions later. <laughs> and yeah. I, even if that's not the best approach and they, they're often about their, their archetype is about learning constraint. I still admire it because it does get them somewhere. You know, it always gets them <laughs> to the next thing, even if they, then they get like blown back because they shot something right. unnecessarily or face some immediate repercussion. They they just get there in the end because they're so headstrong and keep at it and keep shooting things and just keep running into the next room and yelling at people and holding <laughs> a gun at a nun's head in order to get... Like, that's something <laughs> only his archetype would do. And it makes sense, like, what you do. Like, he's got to save his family. The nun's not coming. Rather than he's going to go through some character thing and, you know, he has to show his heart and give the, her the photo and that's going to change her opinion, which he tries... But the end, no, he just goes back and holds her at gunpoint to get her to go with him. Yep. You know, it's like, hey, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and then to also just, yeah, that he is just Jack Bauer. It just cracks me up because it's so much fun. It's like, it's scratching an itch to like, I watched all of 24 and was really into it in college. So just to like take that, Jack Bauer Kiefer character and just put him in a situation where he has to deal with something supernatural just like tickled me to 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 such an extent it was so much fun where like <laughs> mirrors did you say there's something in the mirror just just him up against supernatural stuff was just just <laughs> giving me so much glee well that's fun i have, i have such a hard time with the um this type of character that is sort of devoid of self-reflection no pun intended <laughs> but the movies the movies aware of it like i like that moment where he tries to go where he shows up on the son's birthday and the and um the wife's name is Angie Angela no Amy isn't it Amy Oh, oh right, Angie, Angie. No, no, Angie was the sister. Amy, that was confusing because Amy Smart played the sister, yeah, Angie. Yeah. But Paula Patton played the wife, Amy. Right. Anyway, when he shows up and um, has the fight with his wife on the son's birthday, there's the moment where um, Amy, you, you know, they start fighting and then like Kiefer's kind of keeping his cool, but then all of a sudden has his little like flip out moment where he's like, I've been doing everything I can. And then she like says... Dude, that's exactly, this is exactly it yeah. right there. What you just did. That's what I'm talking about. And yeah, he, he definitely, he, he gaslights the shit out of her in that scene. <laughs> He's but, like, he turns the whole scene around and is like, none of this would have happened if you'd been there for me. And she's like, whoa, dude, what are you talking but about? She calls him out appropriately. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. That and so that's what I liked about it. So I don't know. That's why I don't know where you say you might have taken an issue with it. Like the movie knows in a way, and the other characters know how how he is being. You know, true. Yes, I have so much to say about his character, but it all falls under what didn't work. So I don't <laughs> even want to get into it. 
<laughs> what about what works for you, Tim? I've been going on. Listen, I'll tell you what. Uh, the fucking, the one thing that really worked for me is Amy Smart's death. That scene it is the movie for me. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. Oh my God. I, dude, I was, <laughs> I couldn't look away and I wanted to look away. It was super graphic. There's a couple moments of the CGI. They like inserted CGI into the prosthetic that I think actually, unfortunately, didn't help. But by and large, that gag is awesome. And you know, not something you've really seen much. I don't, I'm sure we've seen people's jaws get ripped off, but <laughs> man, it's intense. It happens early enough in the movie too. It's plenty shocking. Yeah. Like the opening uh, throat slash is pretty good too. Like it's cool to see that like, I like this whole premise, right? That the thing, the, 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 the entity in the mirror can force your hand outside of the mirror. I I like that. I think that's a cool thing. Uh, and so that opening scene where in the mirror he's picked up a shard of, of mirror and is slicing his own throat. But outside of the mirror, he's just doing the motion and it's the cut is happening. That's really cool. And and it's man, it's graphic. They they go for it and I like that a lot. Would have been even cooler if he'd gotten like so far through his neck that his head just sort of falls off backwards, but whatever. <laughs> it was pretty graphic. It would have graphic. Let's just would, push the limits though, you know what I'm right, saying? Right, to set up Opening better. Scene. Have you ever seen any Yeah, <laughs> set up better later on when he goes, "How many suicide cases do you get of people, you know, slicing their own throat?" Yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Instead, it should be how many suicide cases have you seen somebody decapitate themselves? None. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just, you know, I just want more. Regardless, it was good. And I liked it a lot. I, I, dude, I mean, I'm with you. I like the the whole sort of detective, detectiving thing. I always like that. I thought of um, you, yeah. Um... I love the cyclo. Uh, what's it called? Cyclotron. <laughs> you just call it thing. a cyclotron. <laughs> it's, no, no, not cycle. Psychomantium. Psychomantium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. So just so many opportunities with something like well, that. It looks cool. I actually really like the way that this is shot. In in so far as the the creepy vibe shots like they do a good job all the stuff in the um i guess it's the the department store whatever the place that he's securing uh i love the look of that place and i love the sort of graininess of the film that we get and the pigeons you know, scaring him <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the pigeons, I, I really appreciated that when the pigeons scare him, they don't do a stinger, they just do the sound of the flapping wings, it's great. <laughs> really used restraint in this film, <laughs> you know That's they wanted right. to, so bad. <laughs> can we please, um, can we please put another one in? No, we yeah. just had one 20 seconds ago. Let's see, what else did I like? Well, can I say um, about the psychomantium, what I thought was so cool about that, not just yeah. visually, I mean, yeah, so visually, but it's it works in this story 
it's very helpful to have a bridge, like a real life thing as a bridge to the supernatural aspects. Yeah. You know, because when starting this, <laughs> it's so funny, like how out and loud, crazy and just ridiculous it gets by the ending with that end battle. You don't know <clears throat> where it's going in this, but anyway, I don't I don't know. It's somehow um maybe aside the point. But anyways, yeah. So the psychomantium, it's like a real life thing. And that's just so it's it's fun that it's conceivable, you know, that this would be used as maybe outdated or outmoded as it may be. I don't I don't know the tradition of when it was stopped being used or whatever. But <laughs> It, God, who knows? But you know, it does have a connection. It's used in, you know, in this in this context as a psychology, you know, as psychiatry or whatever psychology. But it's you know also has its foot in parapsychology and spiritualism. So yeah. it's just really effective as okay, you know, just sort of bridging that gap between thinking someone's schizophrenic, but then no, it's actually a case of possession. And then just for the sake of a movie, getting us to bridge that idea to a mere dimension and what could possibly snap someone uh, into it, demon or otherwise. I don't know. It's it's cool. It's worked at that bridge. Yeah. Yeah, it looks cool. It's <laughs> yeah, freaky. Vis- <laughs> I loved um, when, she, um, when she goes in there at the end. Well... Well, can I, I don't know. Can we just talk about the end a bit or did you have other things? Totally. The end, what was so fun when he holds the nun, what's her name? I keep wanting Anna. to say, yeah, Anna, Essaker. <laughs> when uh, he holds her at gunpoint, gets her to go into the psychomantium. It's fun how she like has to keep her eyes closed as long as she can, as long as she can. But rather than, yeah, the the maybe alternate version of this movie that, you're imagining more, but I just totally let go of, of like something actually creepy and showing restraint. This just goes all out in the ways that only the aughts horror films can do, (laughs) where it's like you have this CG demon thing just like flying all around the mirrors, (laughs) screaming, breaking the glass. Her face is like twitching all out, like in a crazy CG demon way. Like, you know, she's, she's in for it now. (laughs) Um, And I just had to laugh when, like, even though, yeah, there's a part of me just kind of thinking, oh, I kept thinking it was going to be something more restrained, just how unrestrained it was. I just had to laugh and get on board with it. And that just matched perfectly with Kiefer's character and style, like we already talked about, where (laughs) where he's not, again, like, learning some lesson and restraint or whatever. When he has his actual full-on fight with this crazy, like, Velociraptor demon running all around, <laughs> like, he's his his first technique, which pays off, is to shoot at it. It's like he shoots at it. He gets her, like, shoved up against a, a, a pipe as a protrusion yeah. and then blows her up. It's just, you know, they have a full-on throwing each other around fight. It's so funny and just but the best kind of stupid fun and just on par with what i want to see jack bauer doing like this is is great it, yeah it was just like an extra season of 24 the halloween special <laughs> yeah yeah that fight is crazy he gets thrown through brick walls like three times it, it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous <laughs> like brick walls dude think about it just yelling at her and and the idea that like i guess the conceit which which i i think is fine if you just you got to tip your 
your hand a little bit for the audience, I think, but they don't. But the conceit is that, like, once the demon has inhabited the nun's body, then it can, like, it's taken sort of physical form and can be killed. That's okay. It doesn't really make sense. But, like, sure, if you want that to be the conceit. But, like, we don't get told that. So when he impales it, I'm kind of like, okay, is that going to work? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it does just become a, a you know, like a knock knockdown drag out fight it's just a brawl <laughs> nothing and like so, clever or it's supernatural so kind of to the movie right it's like yeah we're not gonna have jack bauer you know figure out some solution like with his wit he's <laughs> no. just a blunt object just just shoot it stab it impale it bury it burn it man <laughs> Which is what I was so on board with and realized, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, this this is the movie. This is his character, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard for me to watch this type of movie specifically because I guess I don't know. Because I... you do want to see him actually getting because there could be a more satisfying where he's actually getting challenged. You know, I see that. But... Yeah. Yeah. And I want that. I mean, I think there's. This it's all these are cool elements, you know, but you know what? it, it, I mean, I'm not trying to say what didn't work, but just to say what the movie is. It's it has no it's not trying to have depth. Right. It's not trying to be metaphorical at all. It's just living on the surface. (laughs) And, you know. I think that's a pretty interesting reality to the aughts mm-hmm. where it's not like it's not like there's a twist. There's no twist or anything. It's just like, here's the adversary. Let's figure out what it is so we can destroy it. And that's it, you know, As, and like right. what the threat is. Um, like what you said, there's little <laughs> pun half intended I, or uh, pun aware. I'm aware of it now. <laughs> like there is no self-reflection, you know? Right. You know, and so this, I, I, I like all of the, I think what, here's, here's the thing. What works about this premise is that you have the source or the gateway for evil. Mm-hmm. is something that is inescapable. You cannot get away from reflections. They are in our world, right? Like no matter what, they exist. No matter we- how hard you try to live in a place that has no reflective surfaces, you can't do it. Right, it's it still just a gets part through. of nature. And in their house at the end, like this it's still the the doorknob is reflective. That's right. And that that construct it, to me is kind of what it's a little um indicative of the aughts way of looking at horror which i like is that they they're saying they're they're setting you the audience up to be like oh shit but but the doorknob you know what i mean like so there's a fun there's a funness to that uh way of 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 like making a story and making it like fun and almost kitschy it's like it's it's like you said it's a popcorn 
movie. It's not trying to be anything else. And it wants the audience to be like, oh, no, the doorknob. <laughs> right. And I, I don't know. And, and nowadays, you know, I, I mentioned where we are in time. We're, we're reaching a boiling point that's long, long and slowly been boiling. There is just something very nostalgic and comforting about an aughts era horror film that's not the, the darkness falls on that level of crappiness. Oh, God. Darkness Falls is the one with the tooth fairy. Yeah, I always have that Oof. as I, when I listed um uh, in our <laughs> yeah. our grudge episode, like the only like I think four movies I've actually hated. <laughs> yeah, so one, oh, that's one man. of them. Darkness Falls. That's fair. Yeah, that movie is all over the place. Anyway, so um, I like all I like the construct. I just think that. For me, it it could be it could be so good. Well, we'll we'll get it we'll get into that, Tim. But anything else that really worked for you? I mean, did you the twist ending? I I had so much fun with that in the way where it's like, oh shit, he's in the mirror dimension. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that coming as uh, obvious as it should have been. Like, yeah, just again, I keep forgetting trapped a, and yeah, as a construct. Or as a element, you know, a thing that can happen with mirrors. Yes. See, again, for me, it was like when that when that twist happens at the way end, I'm not expecting the movie to turn into something it isn't. You know, so I was just I was right. along for the ride more so than you, I guess. But man, yeah. For every, it's one of those movies. Honestly, for everything that I think is cool. I can argue about how they missed or misplaced right. the opportunity but, within the cool thing. But with that twist at the end, it's like the idea is still there of being trapped in a mirror dimension. Like it's just that eeriness of him seeing totally. only things with reflections and how do you get out? He's trapped there forever. This the sort Setting of Setting up a sequel. Yeah, which there is, Tim. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you rented it immediately after this one. You just oh, I couldn't wait. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, any last things you want to say? What worked for you about mirrors before our next section? No, I don't think so. I love both uh, Amy Smart and Paula Patton. Loved both of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love it when he when Jack Bauer just shoots the mirror. Yeah, shoot the mirror. (laughs) Shoot it. That's what he does. He goes in and just shoots all the mirrors and they recover, of course. And then and then what to prove to his estranged <laughs> wife that he's not crazy, he unloads like three bullets at a mirror that he's stolen and put outside in front of his children. He just shoots it yep. then and there in broad daylight. Like, way to win her over, buddy. Um <laughs> But in true yep. Again, two deck. Even in that example, like if he just wants to prove that Amir, <laughs> you know, will repair itself, he doesn't have to shoot off a gun to do that. But that's just who he is. Why would he bother to take another blunt object and go up and hit it when he could just shoot it? His his shock that it doesn't repair itself in that moment <laughs> is that's the movie yeah <laughs> right like that scene is is this movie yeah jack bauer shoots a mirror to prove that it'll repair itself in a suburban front yard 
in front of his kids and his wife who is pissed at him. And when it doesn't repair itself, <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? Why isn't this repairing itself? Yeah. It didn't it didn't repair itself. I gotta go. <laughs> right. And then he just goes and just all stressed out and kefery and oh, it's just great. On to the I next will thing. Say, you know, when his wife you know, because she's like, dude, you're you're out of control and you're t- t- losing losing it. Like even for you, buddy, e- you're even like maybe you're drinking too much again. Maybe your medication is making you hallucinate like whatever, whatever. Like you're a mess. The moment when she actually sees her son's uh, reflection, like not move in the mirror when he leaves the room and she's like, oh, shit, like he's. This isn't this isn't him being nuts. There's this is freaky supernatural shit's really happening. That transition of her getting on board, that's good. Yeah, that was a fun moment of catharsis and change for sure. Yeah. But yeah. And I, you know, I like elements of the of the you know the when he when the sun gets pulled through the water in onto the other side that i really like yeah like that effect the 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 po- the the effect after that is is not as good but like the moment of him getting pulled through whoo scary i like it makes me uncomfortable cuz i'm really afraid of drowning like i almost drowned when i was a kid and it was really traumatic so like that idea of being like head first pulled underwater and then not, and then being, I have like the, that's, I will say, here's one thing that really, really works for me. They do do a good job of dream imagery, like, like, uh, archetype type of, of dreams that a lot of us have, um, being trapped underwater, like not be like drowning dreams, uh, the, the sub basement sort of stuff where it's just like s- cement gray you know walking downstairs into darkness like that's very dream thing or nightmarish thing those that kind of imagery really was was quite good in this uh but beyond that uh, you know meh (laughs) well that's it that's all i have now's your opportunity to talk all about the meh in our next section what did not work it's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> you want me just to get out of the way of the stuff I have? So you can... <laughs> sure. Is that, that what that breath meant? I mean, I'll just kind of say it again of like, as as much as I hate, that like stupid jump scare scores and style of filmmaking. Like I could say, of course that, that, that inherently doesn't work for me on -hmm. the level of getting like effectively involved and scared and thinking a movie is reaching its actual full potential. Even if it does reach the potential of like things you can do as far as happenings, as far as like involvement in filmmaking, it's not there, but again, it's like, it is what it is like from the get go. So I can't, so it both did and didn't work for me in that way. Um, And I don't know, don't have to elaborate on it, but it was just kind of for what it is, for what that is just too long, just too long. 
definitely too just long. Cut down one of those, you know, just um, has finds this clue to get to the next clue. Just get rid of one of those. It, it'd be better. Whatever. Yeah, it's hard for it's like where to even begin with. Like, what was the biggest issue? There's there's a lot of. I mean, the 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 structure of it has some issues, like you're saying, it's 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 padded out in ways that just are unnecessary. Um, Like, how many times do we need to see Jack Bauer look in a mirror and see something and then look back into reality and see that it's not there and then look back into the mirror and see that it's there and then look back out of the mirror and it's not it's like we did that like 50 times tim and we did it with multiple characters too i I didn't i didn't want to get it no this is mirrors this is the movie where you just do do that 50 (laughs) times i'm sorry yeah but if you're gonna do it like that you've gotta you gotta up the ante each time it's it can't, not. It, it's fine if it's not up in Annie. One time it can be he's on fire. One time it can be a woman getting killed. One time it can be the ghost son. Like one time it can just be the the demon in the rearview mirror. Like whatever. It's it's mirrors, I, mirrors, I, mirrors. Yes, but like it's it's not. It's just not pushing the story forward. And so you get just an hour of that stuff with no, like <laughs> a sprinkling of a detective story where he gets to like get get a package with some clues in it. It's just like, uh, I just, I think it's, it's, it's so, it's such a, like, not the final draft of a movie to me. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Here's, here's my big, big argument. This movie critically lacks layered, like meaning to it. Like in every form, like, What's the story? The story is a demon that that got trapped in that was possessing a little girl, got trapped in the mirrors and wants to be back in the little girl. That's the story, right? Like that's the core element of the story. That's what we were looking for in the summary. That's perfect. <laughs> that's great. Who cares? Right? Like <laughs> the, so so the second so so we're seeing that story through the eyes of this guy, Jack Bauer, who has, you know, he's got his own, here we go, personal demons. Those are in quotations. That is fine, right? Those two things have something to do with each other on a deeper level than just this guy's a blunt object who needs to solve a case, right? None of the movie addresses that. It doesn't it doesn't it, it expound on that. It doesn't take advantage of that. It doesn't give us any moment to be like, holy shit, like what's really going on? This whole movie could be a really, really good allegory for alcoholism and, you know, like shame and guilt and like all of the things that go along with mental wellness revolving around addiction and how that destroys people's lives internally and externally, like how it affects his family, how it has affected his life, his job, his ability to, you know, prosper in any way as a human being. Like those things are, they exist in sort of just the broad strokes of who, of what's going on in the movie, but they're never, used in a story way to make us connect to it. And I just, when I see a movie that 
is like it's right there. It's it's there for the picking. Every scene could be pointing at that theme in some way to make us feel something, to make us give a shit about Jack Bauer. And I got to be honest, I hated him because he doesn't have any sort of self-reflection like at all. He's even that scene in the beginning when he like yells at his wife. I'm sort of like, well, now I just hate him, right? Like, I don't care what he wants or what he thinks he needs because he doesn't he can't even see what a jerk he is right now if we could if he could through this experience have a moment where he has to actually like face that holy shit how convenient we're in a movie where you have to look at yourself in the mirror literally in a realm thematically that you should be looking at yourself in the mirror figuratively and looking at your personal demons when there is an actual demon on the other side of the mirror. Why is none of that taken advantage of at all? Because the de- that, like as, the as final battle the ending. Yeah. Like the final battle should not be with a, a rando possessed nun demon. <laughs> it should be with Kiefer Sutherland, his reflection possessed demon. Like, why is he not the fucking guy in the chair? He should be in the chair. He should have to face himself. Yeah. What the fuck are we doing? Well, You're in well, a movie called Mirrors! <laughs> and, he, and the main character just sits on the sideline and watches the nun get mirrored. What <laughs> Wait the fuck it. are we doing? He's just waiting with his gun, ready to shoot yeah. whatever comes out. Dude, that is... Uh, I'm sorry. It is... Un- I'm like blowing the microphone out and i apologize but well leave it where it is so it's so infuriating to me when something is so right fucking there for you to do and you just go no 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 that's too that's too artsy or something whatever the the (laughs) argument is it's like no that's just storytelling we actually want to care about the the main character do you care about jack bauer in this no because he's just he's just a jerk well, I cared about him, Tim, and I, I would have been more endeared to him and understood him or, or liked him more if I'd been involved with him, like you're saying. But you see evidence of often as as this archetype really is, is they are they have they represent the biggest hearts out of all people. Their hard headedness comes from caring so much. You see, he loves his kids so much. He genuinely would never hurt his sister. He loves her so, so much. So that right. th- those glimmers are why I don't look at them as totally like one-dimensional, you know, forever unlikable. I agree that that character element is exists, but you can't tell me that it, you know what I mean? Like as a as a film, the film can't be like, don't worry, he's cool because look, he loves his family so much. Like we just told, he just told you he loves his family. No, you need to show him be up against it so that he can, ha- he has to struggle to prove that he loves them. Which he doesn't he does, struggle at all. He which just is why goes, it's no, like, I love you. It's the perfect ending because 
he's just he's just getting his comeuppance for not having done or learned anything. Sure. And that's, you know, I'm kind of OK with that. But they're like. How the fuck did he end up in the mirror dimension? <laughs> the explosion? I don't know. Why? You know what I mean? Like, there's so many just loose ends of of like, don't worry about it. That I just don't. I'm like, I don't care. That, like, for example, here's here's just a good example of like filmmakers or maybe it's in the edit or whatever. Just like some reason that you do this, but that it 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 hurts the storytelling. Mm-hmm. He goes to the nunnery, right? The nunnery. He says, yeah. "Hey." I'm looking for this lady. They're like, well, do you have an appointment? Is she expecting you? No. Okay. (laughs) Cut to him talking to the nun, to Anna. That's, that's not storytelling. That's, that's lazy. Like then don't have the scene where he gets rebuffed. No, no, but that, that's not when the cut happened, though. Yes, it is. No, no, no. Yes, he says, is. He says, please, please, da, da, da. He, like, has, gives his little open-hearted spiel. To the, to the receptionist. The first, yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, like, why have that scene if, if it's that easy? Like, if he, it just, it's just dumb to me to be like, stroll in. Hey, can I see this person? No, please. Okay. No, you're That's right. It. It, like, it shows I just no think it's purpose. lame. You, you could just cut from him arriving to he's already talking to the nun and it works just right. the same. Right. So it's, it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't help the storytelling. It's like unnecessary to have that momentary conflict. That's not even really a conflict. It's just a, it's a, nuisance of a conversation like why have that at all you know it's and there's a lot of stuff in here that i feel like is kind of like that it's like it's not telling us anything and it's not showing it's not like we are going oh he's gotta be sneaky or he's gotta use his wit or he's gotta like use his you know he has to dig deep to, to to express a thing that he's resisting like we don't see any of that What's funny is I realize this really is like, you know, it is Jack Bauer. And the thing that works, though, about 24 and having it be in a 24 hour period is there's such a clear ticking clock and that all takes place within the span of a day. We aren't necessarily wanting and expecting that arc in those moments like we are with a film like this. So it's just funny how by just treating him and writing him as Jack Bauer in an episode of 24, they totally overlook what you need to do when it's not an episode of 24. Right. So I I would posit that you could have here. I mean, here's just an option for that scene. Jack Bauer walks into the nunnery. I'm he's like, you know, slams his hand down. You know, he's all, he's coming in hot and they say, Whoa, dude, you need to calm the fuck down in however nuns would say that. And he's like, I need to speak to Anna. And they're like, you're you're coming in too hot, man. Get out of here. And he's like, has to go. God damn it. I'm in a place that I sh- I shouldn't be acting this way. It's and he super, pull- super inappropriate. <laughs> he, and he, even he knows he moment. can't pull out his gun. Yeah, right. He has to take a moment and go. We need to see him go. How important is this to me? I need to see him have that moment of self-reflection somehow show it. I don't care how. There's a million fucking cinematic ways you could show that. 
make him just be small in the grandioseness of the the monastery. Like shoot him small, like right. Have him be small in the frame of this giant place, and then have him go. No, fuck that. I'm pulling my gun, and have him pull <laughs> his gun to get what he wants. Not yeah. later when he's already had the conference. The point of that scene is that he needs to find this woman. Don't make the conflict that the woman says, yeah, I'm not interested. Make the <laughs> conflict that he can't even get to see her so that he has to go to drastic measures to be like, I'm going to pull my gun in a fucking monastery and hold it to nuns heads so that I get what I want. And then like, when she says, holy shit, you're unhinged. OK, I'll help you. She's being do- she's doing it in a hostage situation, which creates its own inner conflict. That's interesting to me. Like, then we're on board. We go, wow, he's really like, I hope he's right. I hope what he's saying <laughs> is actually true, because if not, there's some really bad consequences to doing what he's doing. Right. Just make the whole thing a hostage situation where he gets the main nun and like all the other nuns are. Yeah, yeah. I can see it. Just actually play it like a hostage situation. You know, and then that gives us an opportunity for a perfect character, perfect character to be the foil, the 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 foil. Yeah, whatever it would be to be the voice of reason for him in this state, a fucking nun who used to be schizophrenic, who has somehow managed to bridge that gap. Right. Like from a just from a thematic sort of like metaphorical sense, like this is the the soothsayer person who should be like, hey, I know where you are right now. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you that it doesn't have to be this way. You do not have to allow your inner demons to run you around. Believe me, I was there. But they just they that none of that exists in this because she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a demon in me. It was fucked up. <laughs> right. However, none would say that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so like I just feel like it's it's too everything is just on this surface level of like plow ahead. Don't ask questions. You know, I I just don't the result. So to round it out, the result is that I simply do not care about his struggle. And in a movie where your lead character is, you know, having a, 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 a paranormal breakdown, I I need to care. I need to give a shit about them in order to get on board with the fact that, you know, they're having this experience. Yeah. Having other characters just be like, what's your problem? (laughs) That's not enough. You need people to say, hey, man, I'm like really worried about you. And he has to have a reaction to that. And it can't just be like, well, fuck it all. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. It can be for a time, but it has to. It has to evolve. He can't just be this. This fucking. I don't know. What do you call it? He's he's just a tank. Yep. And it's. I'm like I don't care about tanks. Right again. Well, again, they say within the context tanks are of- only cool if like part of them breaks down. Right. What like that's interesting because it's like oh shit a tank is supposed to be this immovable or not immovable but this like powerful like you know barrels through everything and if something in the mechanics of the tank are compromised then we go oh shit now we're in trouble because that's why it's so cool when 
Hopper meets his foil with Eleven, like a little kid with supernatural powers exactly. that make her physically stronger than him. Yes. You know? Yes. you got to put these guys up against things that put them in real trouble, that make their brains just crack in half because they're like, I see the world through this very narrow lens of like, brute force and just like barrel through and make it happen and be emotionless and like you gotta crack that egg with the thing that they're going through or the people they're experiencing that thing with and to not have that is just like okay i don't care i mean i agree that's what it takes to make this an actual engaging film but (laughs) it would be missing out on uh it's it's endearing um I don't know, ridiculousness that, that that it's, it's, it's a certain kind of fun, you know? Yeah. Well, what I, I think what I really am always wanting in a, in a film like this is to see the marriage of those two things. Honestly, yeah. I think hereditary kind of does it. I don't know. That's so, that's so far from, an aughts popcorn flick style like it that's no you gotta I think th- the third you, you gotta I think, think the of, third act of hereditary is like borderline doing i don't know i feel insanity. like actually my recommendation may be an example where we get to it but Ooh. something that feels like it's it's done in the aughts like i yeah just trying to think of another example of something you're saying where the style is pure on like aughts horror film yet the script is on the level of doing things these things Mm. that you want um yeah yeah it's a challenge yeah i bet you i bet you a lot of the time if you are trying to do that as a filmmaker you're getting a lot of resistance from outside of your vision i mean honestly the remake of um i think this was the aughts or just after the last house on the left remake that we yeah. reviewed. Yeah. That no, that's was pretty true. good. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, and this filmmaker's not a bad filmmaker. I'm not like, I'm not trying to trash him at all. So, you, um, yeah. So we like uh, High Tension, of course, but did what did you think of his um, uh, Hills Have Eyes remake? I remember I, liking that. I, I liked it. I remember liking it a lot. And now you have seen Crawl. I have not seen Crawl. Yeah, Crawl's pretty bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, you know, that's it. It's interesting. Crawl is um Crawl is an aughts movie made in 2019. Yeah. There we go. So, hmm. And I really hoped again that uh The Grudge 2020 represented the death knell of the kind of Ugh. jump jump scare God, style. <laughs> well, Tim, anything else uh to say about what did not work for you about mirrors mm, no no i think yeah i think i went pretty well got into what really bothered me the most <laughs> great we're here for it all right then we'll move on to our next and final oh, s- well, bad well. cgi uh flames Woo! <laughs> i brutal mean, such a given with a. Uh, uh, with this uh, ilk of film. We've but. come a long way with CGI flames. Yeah. Though not a long way in CGI overall. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, well, I mean, in, from nothing 
to now, sure, we've come a long way, but right. I mean, the less the better. It's just just crappy CG stuff is like just will always be a thing. It feels like, yeah. Um, as my friend Alex says, uh, he says too. I, I think is apt too bouncy. That's when it's bad. When it's too bouncy, totally. You know, yeah. I think there's two really specific things that kill a CGI attempt, and it's that the too bouncy and uh, the light um, matching. If the mm-hmm. light matching is off, the shading, whoo- yeah. No good. <laughs> Great. All right. Um, actually, you know what? Little little thing. I actually I, this was for what did not work, but I put it in things of note accidentally. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's. I don't know. Anyway, it, it always bothers me on some level. Like, like I get it, but with Anna, the AKA quote unquote like old woman being forced in a situation where she has to sacrifice herself. I'm just kind of don't like, and I'm over that idea of like, just, you know, old people's purpose are to, since they're going to be dead quicker anyway, means they have less value technically. Like it, it does mm. scratch on some truth of like done well of, you know, that it's the new generation's time. Like I get it, but at the same time, I don't know. I just kind of don't like that, that, I don't know, just keep putting that out there. Yeah, I think I agree. I think if you're going to, I think there's a way to do it story in story that makes that makes that less cringy. Yeah. Um you know she as a character it's tough because this whole thing of like she was possessed and she did awful things while she was possessed. Now if she if this is a movie about guilt of actions when you were under the influence which it very well could have been but wasn't you can follow that line of theme really well with her because if she went to a monastery after the demon was out of her, right? That's a metaphor for, for being, let's say for being sober, but you still carry the shame and the guilt for the actions that you had while you were under the influence. In her case, it was under the influence of this demon, but it's a metaphor for addiction. And if she has to come back into that world, you follow that metaphor of like it's like relapsing right like she she's spent 60 years being sober and now she has to face that demon again i think you can you can massage her into that scenario where she sacrifices herself for the sake of another person who is battling their inner demon so if bauer is in the chair and he's having the battle with himself, a.k.a. the demon, a.k.a. addiction. And she sees that he's not strong enough in that moment. And she intervenes with her strength and sacrifices herself to help him through that moment. I can I can be OK with that version. But that's layered and nuanced and you have to do it well and appropriately. <laughs> Just using the words layered and nuance, like up next to this film, like I just have to laugh, you know? <laughs> well, and that ultimately is, as a matter of taste, is what makes me not like these movies. Yeah. Even though layered and nuance aside, I don't know, like just the idea of under the guise of nobility, just mm. as if like, 
uh, it's I don't know. It's just okay to like like that old that old people are expendable somehow. Yeah. I'm just no, it, it's just you. a little too much that for me. And I think you could do that. Do what you said. She can do the sacrifice, but not actually have to die. You know. Sure. Sure. Totally. Like that. I just think kind of just strikes a balance that I think uh, is better to be putting out to the world. Anyway. Yeah, it'd be cool if she survives and Bauer gets up from the end. And we know like why he's kind of in the mirror dimension, but he doesn't know. Uh, and he gets up and he sees her and she's sort of like, he's like, oh, at least, you know, I got to be a part of helping her exercise that demon as well. And she's sort of, he's like, whatever they're having a moment up, but they're on either side of the mirror and they can't hear each other, but she knows he's yeah. there now. Like there could be a, a nice moment to that. I, th- I think, you know what I will say, what did kind of work of if, okay. If it was done more clearly and obviously setting up that he's someone with no self reflection and kind of like seeing no opportunity for change, the twist ending, the little tag where he's, you know, he's in the mirror dimension, which is what happened to the demon kind of sets up nicely that his anger is just going to propel him to be as demon like, where maybe that demon that's possessing, you know, her is not necessarily just an enraged demon, but the same kind of person who just only, you know, falls into their rage like Jack Bauer in this. So it, it could be kind of fun seeing like he starts a little more human Jack Bauer like, but after being maybe trapped in there 20 years waiting for the next security guard or it's, it's blown up now, whatever <laughs> he's just in the mirror dimension, yeah. you know, he becomes that, that enraged demon even more well, so. And, and also there's a really, really simple and you know, this is often how you do it. Like in the first, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 minutes of the movie really have somebody state that, to him be like yo man if you don't get your fucking anger under control it's going to cost you and it will you know it will haunt you forever whatever the like like contextualize that theme into dialogue in a way that makes that he rejects early on so that when we see him there at the end we go oh shit yeah he's he kind of didn't learn anything because mm-hmm. he didn't listen to that advice or that theme that was told to him that he, he is the thing that he needs to watch out for. And this is the result. But we don't get anything like that. Yep. So you just go, okay, wait, he's in the mirror? Oh, bummer. Well, that's a perfect way to wrap up what did not work because we ended up on <laughs> a thing that didn't work. Anyway, I think it's time. Let's get to our next section. Things of note. This should be interesting. Wow, we really spent a lot of time talking about Jack Bauer. <laughs> well, for good reason. It's all about Jack Bauer. Um, <laughs> he's he's never not in it, except for like the opening scene, uh, which is what you right. want from, as you put it, a tank character. He's just driving us from scene to scene. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. um, this was based on um, a Korean movie called Into mm-hmm. the Mirror, South Korean horror film from that wave. I'd be curious to see. This was one of those, you know, Asian import horror films from the aughts. Yep. 
Um, and then just, we, you know, we mentioned the mirror thing was called a psychomantium. I just wanted to read the Wikipedia definition is fun. In parasite, in parapsychology and spiritualism, a psychomantium is a small enclosed area set up with a comfortable chair, dim lighting and a mirror angled. So as not to reflect anything but darkness intended to communicate with spirits of the dead. History a little more. The psychomantium was popularized by Raymond Moody, originator of the term near-death experience, his 1993 book, Reunions, Visionary Encounters with Departed Loved Ones. Raymond Moody believed the psychomantium was useful as a tool to resolve grief. The chamber was kept darkened and illuminated only by a candle or a dim light bulb. Subjects gaze into the reflected darkness, hoping to see and make contact with spirits of the dead. Moody compared the psychomantium to the Greek necromantion. Interesting. Mm. That's another link, of course. This is what you do in Wikipedia. Just <laughs> yeah. psychomantium leads you to necromantion. Um, and it's Which said leads you to the necronomicon. Yeah. And then it said its uh, function was a form of scrying. Which, if you don't know, scrying is like, like looking into a crystal ball or having mm-hmm. a um, like a thing you swing back and forth. It's some sort of like, yeah, communication with a, with a medium communication tool. Yeah. Cool. Did you have any other things of note? No, not really. We mentioned um, there's the straight to video mirrors too. <laughs> shocking. Which it's so funny. I mean, it's it's fun to think like they could have just, I mean, maybe they do have it. I don't know. But just at, at least as far as the summary of what happened goes, it's like another security guard gets <laughs> gets into the situation. Like, how does that, why is it always security? Anyway, it's just funny. Yeah. I mean, on a sad note, one of the, the son character was played by uh, Cameron Boyce. He passed away last year. Super young, just oh, totally random. He just had a seizure in his sleep, and he had some. He had some sort of. I think it was like an epileptic sort of thing going on, and ended up dying, which is a bummer. Super Jeez. young, he was twenty. Complications of epilepsy. Wow. Yeah. Cameron Boyce, rest in peace. Yeah, him yeah. and both the uh, him and the daughter. They were good. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't really have anything else. I mean, you know, it's it's a time capsule, that's for sure. <laughs> yep. One that I found fun and strangely <laughs> strangely comforting to visit. Yeah. <laughs> cool, dude. Great. All right, Tim. Well, that's it for mirrors. We got our thanks thanks again, Zach, for your your submission. We always appreciate it. And we have another submission from Zach we'll get to eventually. Mm, nice. uh, but until then, Tim, we got our recommendations. You got something at the tip of your tip of your tongue? I can't remember. I just watched something that I really liked. Last um, week, you recommended um, a story, don't tell, what's it called? <laughs> just making sure it's not that. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what, what the hell? I'm what trying to remember the name of it. It's the, the one that's on Shudder where they're telling the stories. Oh, oh, yeah. Scare me. Scare me. So, yeah, that you've was watched, good. You've watched something else, though? Oh, 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 oh. I remember what I was going to recommend, Dad. It was, um, it's called The Hole? The Hole? 
Hole in the ground. Hole in the ground, I think it's called. Hole in the ground. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hole in the ground. It's cool. It's freaky. It's got some good moments. It's like really well shot. Um, I did hear too that the director, who is Lee Cronin, has been um, grabbed for, I think, the new Evil Dead. Either, I don't, yeah, the new film that they're yeah. doing called Evil Dead, which um, Campbell recently, I think he tweeted about it or something like that, saying, hey, we're super excited to have this really great new, not new, but uh, a young filmmaker on board for for the next Evil Dead. Yeah, that's what it was. So Lee Cronin doing Evil Dead and um, and uh, Hole in the Ground. It's cool. It's fun. Creepy. Cool. Vibey. Which I like I, all those things. I like. I wonder if that's in our hat. I remember thinking this one got good good write ups. Maybe we should review it. But oh shit! Well, if it is, my bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. Honestly, it works the other way. I have one that I watched that's on our list that I, I, I want to take out because I'm like, this is boring. Let's just not do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Good. <laughs> um, so my recommendation, I told you something else that's indicative of the aughts and is interesting to look mm. back now. But this filmmaker, I don't know. He gets he gets kind of crapped on a lot. Anyway, I watched for the first time after years ago watching Hostel and being into it. I watched Hostel Part Two. Have you <laughs> oh, seen? Wow. Have you seen Hostel Part Two? I don't think so. Uh, if I did, I only saw it once. It's one of those where it's like so Eli Roth style. I love the Green Inferno, by the way. That's like his magnum opus for me. But um. It's like he always has a style that's or just brings kind of idiosyncrasies to it that makes it just sort of a little more engaging. But I just hate that they get this rap of like, oh, they're just torture porn. They're just torture porn. They're just torture porn. Like, no, it is straight up. Like, look at it for what the story is. And of course, that context of what you call torture porn would be there of people getting tortured because it's a story about rich people. As you would say, Tim, I think rich fucks paying mm, exorbitant would. bidding to to torture young people um and and what I, I i like the first one but what i loved so much about this one is getting more of the inner workings of like we're following some of those bidders from the get-go and like mm. we have the one who's you know super into it kind of and the convincing his like less convinced friend to go along with it um so you get all that. I mean, it takes a long time to get to any kind of first capture or gore, but it's just so cool. Like the story is just, it's just, it's one that just seems so like true to life and just possible and it is, you know, true in certain regards. Um, but just given this horror content, I don't know, this story is just one I'm just super into and I'm like, of course I want to see that movie as a horror movie. And Eli Roth does his thing to it. He makes it interesting, makes it, you know, fun in that certain sense of the word. Um, scary too. I don't know. It's just, it's just great seeing that premise played out and with just this kind of decent budget and a filmmaker with some flair. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that era, there was a lot of inappropriate backlash to this style. And like, like a lot of horror, I think at various times has suffered from, people who already don't like horror because they're like, ew, why would you watch that? Then just stamping anything with these labels of like, oh, it's just torture porn. Oh, it's that. And they're like, 
it's did you watch the movie? You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Like, or did you just watch a trailer and go, oh, fuck that? Because well, this- I agree with you. The the metaphor and like the the sort of socio like, I guess economic or sort of what what am I trying to say? The the political kind of con concepts within Hostel are really quite great, especially considering the era that it was made in. You know, like it's really commentary on wealth and the the what is it called the wealth class there's a better term for that the the rich fucks uh and how they really feel like they can do whatever they want to the rest of the world and the rest of humanity it's fascinating i mean it'd be cool to get into it more and actually talk about it but yeah exactly it brings up all those ideas of you could say kind of you know when i mentioned earlier the the boiling reaching a tripping point that's that's late stage capitalism, you know, reaching ahead Mm. of like how, what more, like what else do these people, you know, want, what more can money do? But the thing is, and this is the thing that no matter how much money you have, we kind of got into this with Scream, um, the first Scream, like we are all to an extent, you know, not anymore. I don't know. I don't know if this is the classification of woke or not, but, but basically being aware of like, no, th- this isn't it, guys. Like the way these these people in the, the, the hostel too, they justify what they're doing. Like this is how the world works. This isn't reprehensible because dog eat dog and just money buying you everything. That's just a given to human nature. You know, yeah. I'm I'm outside of you know being as if it's outside of choice or something. You know. Anyway. Well, and yeah, and I mean, and the I think what's cool about those movies and the themes in them is that on that's on one side of the th- sort of spectrum, the thematic spectrum, and on the other is the the American quote unquote American uh, characters who really represent this era of you know naive American invulnerability. Right. They think I can just show up and be my white American self and trample all over whoever because I don't give a fuck. And there are actual in this context, real consequences to that. Right. Like the arrogance, the American arrogance is, you know, taken down a peg in those movies to like a very specific purpose. Right. To show that arrogance is stupid and shitty and you know but what's you know, what, it, it is is naive in the context of the real world and what's so cool though in the movie you see like what the real world is because you know or i don't know i don't know you'll see what i'm saying where where you can see how they believe in that that is the real world because like in the movie it's fun you see all the workings of like how the the how the bellboy the check-in person at the hostel is like a part of it how like everyone on the is on yeah. the payroll so to speak you know so it seems like it is normalized because just you know when you're when you are just the person checking them in you're so separate from like the violence itself it's it's just, i don't know again it's good metaphor for kind of what's yeah. been going on in all our lives for all our lives yeah i think those movies got a real bad rap and there's anyway, a lot more going on yeah, they're both available on uh, Hulu right now. Not the unrated versions, unfortunately, but specifically I'll recommend Hostel Part 2. Cool. Great. 
All right, Tim. Well, next week, we're traveling 10 years later from 2008 to a 2018 film. We're not doing a hat pull because we have a special guest lined up. Our friend from the podcast, Intimacy Choreography in Conversation, Carly D. Wexstein will be joining us to talk about the 2018 film Climax, which uh, I loved. It was a great theater experience. There's a lot going on for it. And um, it'll be fun to have her voice join us for dismembering it. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I, I was curious about this movie when it was in theaters. And I remember you going to it. And I, I think I, I don't know. I just wasn't in the mood to go to this well what I thought maybe this movie was the style of it so I'm I'm curious to now dive in and see if my preconceived notion of what it was <laughs> had any basis in reality right I'm sure I was like Tim, you got to see this while it's in theaters. A big part of it's the music and the big screen and blah, blah, blah. And I've learned there's no better way to get you to not see something than to just tell you to go see it. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Tim, have you watched, finished watching The Brood yet? My copy of The Brood? No. <laughs> Tim, have you, you watched my copy of Parasite yet? No. Tim, have you watched uh, I Saw the Devil yet? No. Great. All right. Well, until next week, for Climax, we'll be joining. Uh, Carly will be joining us. Looking forward to that. You can find us at dismemberinghorror.com. Got a got an, an IG. We got a TW, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Great. Get into it. Get into it. Get out of it, then get into it. We hope you're well, future people. And uh, yeah, that's it. We, we do mean it in closing. Thanks for listening. Yep, and we will see you next time. Good Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>